It's time for the SPN Bushy Show. Here's your host, SPN Bushy. back here on the SP and Bushy podcast, getting ready to debate the, uh, the top 10 sports movie chokes of all time. And once again, this was your idea, Bushy. Tell us again what made you think of this idea and just kind of introduce the concept. Again, just going back and watching a lot of sport movies and just as you get older, you figure out like, my God, that team choked. That team absolutely choked. And I just couldn't believe it. And so that came a thought and then just talking over with my brothers most of the time. And we just kind of go back and forth of like, wow, that was a choke. That was a choke. And it, it's just amazing to see how many chokes there are in, in the, in movies. So sometimes you got to praise the team for coming back, but sometimes you got to get mad at the team for choking. You absolutely do. I mean, ever since you told me about this concept, for our debut episode, I have been psyched. I've been I've doing research. I've been going back and watching a lot of these movies, um, as much as time would allow, anyway. And even if I rewound or if I fast forwarded just to the end of some of them, I mean, it's it's an exciting it's an exciting concept. It's something I'm excited to talk about. And I well, mean, it's just it's just something nobody has ever talked about. They're like, oh, what are the top like movie character or sports movie characters? Who would you have on a team? Nobody talks about the chokes. Like, I know it's all scripted and movies and all that, and you want the happy ending. But sometimes, you know what? Let's see. Let's see. I want to see a choke. Let's see a choke. It's always good to see a choke once in a while. Absolutely. And I mean, as much as you said it, like the comeback is nice. Someone's got a choke for there to be that kind of a comeback. Definitely. Uh, do you have any like honorable mentions going in, going in with your list? Uh, do you have any honorable mentions before we go into our top 10 list? Uh, my honorable mentions that didn't make the list uh, were the uh, Chicago team from uh, the replacements. They were close. They didn't make it. I think if I had that 11th spot, they were it. A team that should have been on, that should have been close. Um, I think I had the Dallas team from the little giants um, just off the list as well. I had that as well. Yeah, the Cowboys. I I I, I kind of rewatched Little Giants to see the to see the comeback, and I'm like, eh, you, you gotta kind of think of a yes, it was a choke because they were definitely the better team, and they lost to basically a bunch of scrubs, you know, coached by Rick Moranis as a coach, and really they only had two good players on the on that Giants team. Absolutely, the Ice Box, and then oh, and then Junior one? Floyd. Oh yeah, that's right, Floyd. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's amazing. Um, and and that, and, and well, I I think I should have put them on that list because they I thought about it now. They did give up a ninety nine yard touchdown play with the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, but they're they're definitely. I agree with you. They they're definitely. If there was a top eleven, I probably would put them on. Um, I, I I put one as my honorable mention, Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. I did not put him on because he really rewatching Rocky Four. I rewatched it recently, and he really dominated that fight when he had when he just had like the scope of like being a boxing judge. 
And it's like, man, he really dominated that fight. And, like, the amount of knockdowns that he had. I mean, Rocky would have been scoring in, like, the sixes and fives by the time, by the amount of time he was getting knocked down, especially those early rounds. And then not to mention the entire country turning on Ivan Drago <laughs> during the fight. Everybody, you know, turning on him. And, and everybody's cheering, Rocky, Rocky. I think that's a choke as my – and then he gets knocked out in the 15th round. Oh, he should have just ran around and just let let him let Rocky try to throw throw out his punches. But no, he decided to go and fight fight Rocky and it ended up being a mistake for him. Well, while we're having this conversation, I'm gonna say it that Ivan Drago was actually number seven on my list in terms of the top ten sports movie chokes. So he did make my list at number seven. All right, all right. We'll give you, we'll give you your point. We'll give. You, do you have any more points going with it? Actually, a lot of the reasons that you said. But again, I don't get why the crowd all of a sudden, huge national crowd cheering for their Russian hero, all of a sudden <laughs> trance Rocky. I don't know if you've ever seen it on YouTube. I can't take credit for it, but it's a college humor video that show. It's like a fake thirty for thirty about Rocky Four. Have you seen that? uh i believe so yes i haven't watched it recently but i believe so it, it's hilarious if you get the chance and you haven't seen it after this video go watch that at 30 for 30 was real with rocky four but again they just are kind of talking about how it also made no sense that the crowd all of a sudden turned on him but i doubt the judges would have so like you said he would have been massively ahead on points in that fight with the number of knockdowns that he had even in just the first couple of rounds alone um, would have definitely had him carrying that fight. He could have danced around for a couple of rounds, or for just a couple of minutes of that 15th round, not gotten knocked out, and still found a way to win that fight. And the fact that he didn't, I have it as the seventh worst movie choke job of all time. Well, going back to the number seven, actually, I actually have one of your honorable mentions on my number seven list as well, and that's the Chicago team from The Replacement. I, I believe it's a choke job. They gave up a 21-point lead, and they lost, and they basically had their entire team back. I mean, it was basically the Dallas Cowboys back on the field, and they got – or the Chicago Bears, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, mixing, I'm mixing my real life and my fantasy. But, yeah, the Chicago team. So, basically, yeah, the Chicago Bears were back on the team, and they lose to a bunch of replacement players, and they replace basically like an all-pro quarterback with – Eddie Martell, granted, you know, he was a dick, but <laughs> they replaced him with Shane Falco and they gave up a 21 point lead, you know, and they gave up basically like a pseudo Hail Mary at the end of the game. I mean, they had like a holding call. They were at like the 40, but they left Ryan Murphy wide open. Like he was the best pass catcher on that Washington team. And they gave it, it literally, he was wide open. Like there was, I didn't see any Chicago players in sight. Yeah, it's definitely a big choke. Obviously, you have to guard Murphy. I mean, maybe they drew a double team with Clifford Franklin. I, I, maybe they used him as a decoy. I don't, I don't remember exactly where that defense was on that play. But again, it's a definite mistake there. Like you said, Murphy, a great pass catcher, that was one of the uh, actual really, actually really good players on that Washington Sentinel replacement team. And it just goes to show you, sometimes people can rally around a guy, and that was the case with that Washington team for Flacco. And like I said, if I had an 11th spot, it would I mean probably – mean Falco, not Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Falco. Yeah, Come say, on, respect Falco, not Flacco. Did I say Flacco? 
Yes, you did say Flacco. Oh, oh okay. No one's been around Flacco for years. So. Oh. I'm thinking about it like, out in the Jets tomorrow going up against the Broncos. So maybe, maybe that's where my mind went, but it's definitely Falco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, you ready for the Falco list? Over Flacco. Yes. All right, you ready for the list? Absolutely. Let's hit it. All right, for my number 10, I have the Pittsburgh Pirates in the natural. Oh, and uh, uh, here's the here's the go to. We're only doing like fictional sports movies, so none of this, so none of this, you know, based on a true story stuff. So we, I, I kind of left out. Remember the Titans, and I left out, you know, obviously Miracle and all that because it's based on a true story. We know, it, you know, it was a choke job by the Russians. So I'm leaving that out. And we're just doing fictional movies, and here's my point with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Natural. You know, they had a two nothing lead. Going into the ninth inning, I mean, they were they were doing well. That pitcher was dealing. He was awesome. He was pitching everything. You know, obviously gave up the base hit. And then, you know, they gave up an error as well. I mean, the third baseman has an error and then makes a widely bad throw. And then, and then they gave up the three-run home run walk-off to Roy Hobbs, who basically was probably 50% at the time. I mean, the guy could really – the guy couldn't do anything. <laughs> basically you could really couldn't swing a bat and he was bleeding from his side from the surgery so i mean just a just an absolute choke job by the pirates i mean couldn't get done i mean absolutely and i mean that was a definite one of those ones where like they just found a way for everything to go wrong in that ninth inning the wheels come off and um fortunately that does happen though in those sometimes it does happen in those real life situations that old player who you know somehow finds a way to turn the clocks back. Like, I think the right. Atlanta winning run was scored by Nick Marcakis, who found who keeps finding really? a way to turn the clocks back a few minutes ago. So that one was – it was a definite choke job, absolutely. And it's definitely one that um, was close on my list but didn't quite make it. I'm going to get a little bit controversial on the start. All right. My, t- my number 10 – was a team that wasn't actually in the lead at any point in this final game, but found a way to really blow an opportunity in the ninth inning, and that is the New York Mets from the film Rookie of the Year. Oh. Once again, they were not in the lead in this game. Right. But you can kind of see the signs that Rowan Gardner is starting to throw junk up there. He doesn't have it. And – especially after the they intentionally walk the first guy and then get him on the hidden ball trick. So the fact that they're trying to really finagle and manufacture these outs would lead me to believe that at that point, he's got nothing left in the arm. So again, second guy, they intentionally walk and he gets lured into this game of chicken with Rowan Gardner uh, of whether or not he's going to steal second base or not. When if he instead of instead of getting lured into this immature game of cat and mouse with Rowan Gardner, if he just waited for him to throw the ball to Hato, he would have easily had second base. Definitely, yeah. It, it's that was you know what? Looking back at it, yeah, that was a choke job. I mean, he Henry Rowan Gardner didn't have the special arm anymore, and yeah, it, it man, I 
I had not think, thought about that. That's actually really good. And then Hato striking out on junk, basically, losing on like a floater pitch as well. I mean, this guy who's basically a beefed up roid guy, man, could have knocked that could knock that out of the park. I mean, he did get one of the he did connect on one of the hit hits though, yeah. but it did go foul. I will give him that. Absolutely. I give him no problems on the foul ball, but for him to go down on that floater pitch. Which is basically like a And he was licking his chops too. He's like, ooh. Yeah, he got time to think about it the whole time. The fact that he couldn't make contact with that one. Really right. disappointing. And that's why it earned the number 10 spot on my list. All right. Uh, so going down the, with my list, number nine, I have the Eden Hall varsity hockey team in D3, the Mighty Ducks. Okay, they lost the game one to nothing. Now, I will give Julie the Cat Gaffney praise for this game. She stood on her freaking head in that game. And, they, and, I mean, they had some luck, too. I mean, Adam Banks makes a nice diving save at the end. But they had a five-on-three power play to end the game. They had a five-on-three power play at the end of the game. And then they get scored on shorthanded on a five-on-three power play. And the guy who scores it is Goldberg. Like, this guy was a goalie going into the – <laughs> the first part of the film and then he becomes like a defensive force this guy literally he's the the worst player in all of in all of the mighty Ducks series like i'm sorry goldberg is the worst player he really is and they let him score it's amazing and they give up a five on three shorthanded goal to end the game oh just an absolute choke job by the varsity team I have no debate about this being a bad choke job. I agree. It's a horrible choke job in the film. Uh, once again, though, you can't fault a hot goaltender, and sometimes that goaltender is just able to stand on their head. I will Definitely. agree. I think that the Goldberg at least has a couple of moments in Mighty Ducks 1 and 2, and then again in 3, where he makes some sort of play. Whether he, he it's a big he, save in the shootout against Iceland, more on that to come later. And then, uh, again, with the uh, – in Mighty Ducks 1, he makes a couple of big saves as well. He, he actually makes the big save, you know, right at the end of the game before Charlie gets hooked down. He right. does make a big save. He, Goldberg just finds a way to find clutch moments. I don't know what it is, but, like, really, overall, he is one of the worst players on the team. He really is. The player that I am going to – I'm going to say this, though. I think the worst player on the Mighty Ducks throughout each of the first three films – and, I mean, he's a great character. He's hilarious. But I've never seen Les Averman contribute anything to the team in an <laughs> offensive or defensive standpoint. He has a couple of goals in there, but they're like wish-wash. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, but you scored great. But, yeah, yeah. I agree with you with that. He, he's not a very clutch player. He might have potted one in the third period when they were already up seven to one against Trinidad and Tobago in D2. But yeah. That's, that's, that might be the most he's contributed. I mean, once again, great character, not taking anything away from his contributions to the entertainment value of the film, but I didn't <laughs> see him contribute much on the ice. All right. What is your number nine? My number nine goes to the Rockford Peaches from a league of their own. Uh, again, a, not, I mean, again, great hard battle there with the Racine team in that game. But the fact that you have this clutch player in Dottie Henson who just gets barreled over, she sees the runner coming, could have even maybe done a sidestep as opposed to inviting that collision. Um, maybe think, could have avoided that, that play. Do you think Dottie, do you think Dottie should have 
Should, do you think Dottie let go of the ball, or was it just Kit just knocked her out? I don't know. I think maybe maybe she had that moment where Kit, where she wanted uh, Kit to finally get that taste of victory. I don't know. But again, you have the best player in the league kind of making a bad, unclutch play. I think that was... I agree. And, and uh, I, I, well, I go back earlier in the game on how Racine got their first run was because, you know, that Evelyn girl, you know, absolutely misses the cutoff, man. Like, she just... She throws it like crazily. Like it look it looks like a little league play. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely. And I mean again, a little bit sloppy. Maybe Jimmy Dugan should have reined them in. Although I will say, I think I gotta give more credit. I think your number nine is kind of swaying me a little bit towards <laughs> Eden Hall, baby being the Eden Hall varsity team, because they did squander that five on three power play. You might have swayed me a little bit. And, and they dominated them. the entire game too. Yeah. And they dominated. The entire game. I mean, basically, most of the, most of that game was played in the Ducks zone. Like it right. really was. The Ducks had a little bit of playing, but then it was it was all Eden Hall, and they and they just killed everybody. I mean, they, I mean, they injured Averman, they injured Jermaine. It was crazy. Absolutely. I mean, again, that was that was a game that absolutely they should have had that one. I think hands down. Again, credit to Gaffney for the way she played that game. Yes. Also, I mean, I did have the Rockford Peaches on my honorable mentions list. Like, I do have, like, an honorable mentions list, and Rockford Peaches were on my list. But I just – I did, I, I felt like it was such a competitive game that I didn't, I didn't put them on the list. Which is kind of the same reason for me with that Eden Hall game. But, again, right. uh, you, you, you swayed me. You swayed me. Good. I'm glad. I did, I did some convincing. See, I'm a good – I guess I could do that sometimes. You're a good salesman. <laughs> Some of the time, let's put it that way. Absolutely. So, what do you got? Number eight. Number eight. Um, this one. This one's a little bit off the rails here. I got shoot from Vision Quest. It's a. It's a wrestling. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen that one. It is a. It is a. Uh, it is a wrestling movie. It's actually one of the probably one of the only wrestling movies on there, like Olympic style wrestling, and. Uh, I'll give my I'll give my points. It was the first match he has ever lost. Like that guy was like undefeated. He was great. Um, he lost to a guy who had not taken up the sport until the, the the year before. Like this guy just comes in. It's like, hey, you know, hey, I want to do this wrestling thing, and then and he loses to that guy, and then he gives up a four point lead. In there was twenty seven twenty seven seconds left. He has a four point lead. And not only that, that he's give up the lead. He actually gets pinned. That's the worst part. Yeah. He gets pinned because I know you probably have seen some wrestling matches. And, I mean, four-point lead with 27 seconds left. Like, again, it's it's probably that Drago thing. Like, you know, let him escape and then, you know, just kind of just let – you know, just kind of run around, that type of thing. Yeah, again, and I mean – uh, the, I do I do uh, cover some real uh, amateur wrestling matches. Yes. In the day to day, so I mean, again, I would I would think you'd at least try to take a stall call or two, maybe try to avoid getting pinned, at least just based on the real life thing. Especially if you got that championship locked down, take a stall call or two and avoid it. Definitely, and then and on top of that, you get pinned. You got yeah. pinned. Yeah, you can't take that. <laughs> All right, what is your number what is your number eight? My number eight is the University of Louisiana, I believe it is, or Louisiana University from the Water Boy. 
I mean, they, they blow it big time there in the Bourbon Bowl. I mean, they build up that big lead in the first half. Then Bobby Boucher arrives via fan boat and turns the game on its ear. And again, just a, just a big time choke. I actually have them as my number five choke job team. Uh, So obviously we have them both on. I mean, they, they gave up a 27 point lead. That's just crazy. And they lost to a team with literally, it goes back to our Cowboys theory uh, with little giants. They literally lost to a team with one good player. One good player. I mean, a coach who's kind of a little bit wacky. I mean, it's not like losing to, I forget the name of Gene Hackman's character in the replacements, but he's at least a very strong coach. I mean, the coach, the coach in uh, the water boy played by Harry Winkler. uh, Like he just kind of, He's a mental, just, he's just mental. Yeah, he has a mental block. Yeah. He has yeah. a mental block in his head. Like, it's crazy. Through it. And then to lose that game, you can't find a way to manufacture offense in the second half. And even if you can't, start running plays away from the water boy, like maybe do a fake. Get, get a little creative with your play, Colin. Well, he, they tried doing that with the kneel, with the kneel down, you know, kneeling three downs and putting. You know, enforcing the offense. He tried that early, but then, yeah, once the offense started to get going, it was crazy. Uh, Yeah, just an absolute choke job. And then, you know, losing to to the water boy who who hadn't thrown a pass at all. And he throws a – he basically throws a Hail Mary at the end. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible choke job there by the Louisiana team. Yes. What did you have at number – oh, yeah, you had shoot at number eight. I already said that I had Rocky four as my number seven. What was your – Yes, and and I I had the Chicago team in the replacements. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you want to go down – you want to go to number six? Let's go to six. All right, for number six, I have – I have a fictional sport here. I have the Dallas Felons in basketball. Wow, actually, I have have the same. I have the same Dallas Felons at number six. Really? Okay, yeah. let's talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, I I watched this movie a couple minutes. I mean, I watched it today to get a refresher just to see the choke job that this team had, and I actually bumped them up a couple of spots because of the choke job. But they have a 16 nothing lead in the uh, seventh inning of this game. Yeah, and, and they were and they were nailing everything. Granted, they you know the beers weren't trying to make psychouts or anything. And they had – I mean, yeah, they just – unbelievable choke job, like a 16-run lead, especially in basketball. Right. I mean, I don't know what the big comeback looks like in basketball, but 16 runs to me sounds like a lot. And, I mean, even for them not to be able to score again was a little bit shocking. I mean, you'd think you'd at least have all your guys go single, single, single the rest of the way. Right. Try to at least throw up another run there in the ninth. Definitely. And well, and the add on top of it and to add on top of it, they had a chance for a double play to end the game too. And then they end up getting, given a, given a conversion. Yeah, absolutely. You can't allow that. I mean, Grant, the only thing that stopped this from being in my top five is that they did lose to the men who create. So we got number six out of the way, obviously my number five already with the Louisiana university and the water boy. What is your number five? My number five 
uh, goes to the Monstars from Space Jam. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, so I had them at number three. They were my number three. Okay. I mean, uh, obviously, yeah. they blow a huge, huge lead here. I think they build up a huge lead twice in this game and find a way to blow it. Oh, they definitely and they and they lost to basically Looney Tunes characters and Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, as we've seen from the uh, the Last Dance documentary, if Michael Jordan starts taking something personally, which he might have in this game to get that extra motivation, it's done. So who knows? Who knows what he might have taken as the extra motivation in this game? But any, I mean, just to blow it twice as badly as they did. And they had talents of all the all the good NBA players at that time, and they and they looked really physically dominating that first half, and and you know a half part of that second half as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had a lot of opportunities to win that game. I mean, if they'd have just held on, I mean, found a way to get a couple more blocks because I mean they had the size on their side by a huge margin, especially over they, the smaller players. And they held on for dear life, too, you know, to try to prevent MJ from scoring that winning bucket, too. I mean, it, it basically it was like the entire Monsters team holding him. I mean, it's, again, it's tough to say that losing to a team that has Michael Jordan on it is a big choke job. But, I mean, it's definitely, it, it goes down as a choke as the Monsters, like, just had so much more talent than the Looney Tunes. Oh, and I thought, I thought about this, too. I mean, they had it. They they had the ball they had the ball with the lead you know with like an inbounds pass and they let the inbound pass go I mean really I mean they just gave it up that has to be one of the worst referee games of all time as like a bull attacks the guy from outside the crowd to make him give up that inbounds pass <laughs> definitely uh, I don't know we'll have to debate which was the worst ref game especially with a especially with a choke job that is coming up later in my list so we'll we'll debate that as well. I, th I think, I mean, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's definitely up on, up there on mine as well. Yes. But, you know, the Monstars, they did, again, losing to Michael Jordan is the only thing that kept them a little lower on uh, on my list. Yeah, it it, it, it is, but I, I just feel like it was a choke job. They, they blew oh. a huge lead, and that's always my, that's always my aspect with, a choke job is that you had a huge lead and then you had the ball, you know, all you got to do is just keep the ball and maybe dunk again, <laughs> you know, to make yeah. it a four point lead. Absolutely. I mean, you have Bill Murray coming in cold, you know, put your tallest Definitely, yeah. the inbounder and just don't let him catch it. I know. And he, and he fakes out the entire monsters team too. You know, it's like, go and let them go left. And he does it behind the back pass. Like, Wow. And I mean, they let Newman from Seinfeld score a bucket too there towards the end. That is true. Yes. <laughs> and they let Elmer Fudd score too, and he and he dunked it too on them. Yeah, Elmer Fudd getting buckets. They gave up some buckets to some people that they definitely, definitely shouldn't have given up buckets to. Definitely. All right. So, what is your number four? Mentally, they didn't have the good grasp of the game. I think. No, they didn't. They they kind of coast. They they were. They, they thought they could play one half and we destroy them and then we're good. Right. They try to coast by on talent alone. They don't think they mentally grasped, grasped the game. They had the talent, but. Definitely. So what is your number four? My number four, I'm going back to the Rocky franchise and I'm going with Apollo Creed and Rocky too. 
same situation as Ivan Drago. He's got the world championship one, but because of his pride, he feels like he has to knock out Rocky. And so he goes at him in the 15th round, even though he's up on the cards. And even though he's the quicker fighter and could get away from him, he goes for the knockout and ends up getting knocked out. And obviously a great finish to that fight. Absolutely, yes. I, I had not thought about that. Yeah, because he really did. It, was, it felt like the Rocky Four fight where, you know, Apollo did dominate most of that fight. I mean, it, it really was all Apollo all the time. And I agree, yeah, he let his pride get in the way. Plus, I think his ribs are broken at that point. So if anything else, you'd try to be avoiding contact to avoid more body shots at that point. Exactly. And he and he uh, he ignored the advice from his trainer. His trainer said, you know, let's coast. Let's take it easy. We won this fight. You have proved all your worth. But, you know, Paulo just said, no, I, I need to knock this guy out. And that, I mean, that pride ended up being his downfall in Rocky Four as well. But, you know, very proud character. It definitely. You know, shout out, shout out to Apollo. I, I do love Apollo. Oh, it was definitely a great fight. Great fight, great character. Unfortunately, he, he choked that one away in Rocky Two. Absolutely. What was your number two? All right, four? Oh, yeah, number four. My number four is Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Okay. Uh, he – he gave up a four-shot lead. He had a four. He had a four-shot lead against against Happy, and that's going into like the back nine. And like Happy was not golfing really well, and you know Happy had an injury. Obviously, you know he he was show, you know he's doing his shoulder, and and it's just man like gave up like a four-shot lead, and just once Happy kept going, my shooter choked. But I will give Shooter you know this and you know he did he did make some clutch putts he made a clutch putt you know when people are making noises and with the beach ball and then he made a clutch putt in that 18th hole uh but then you know he, he was such a sore loser though like this would put hide on the list he was such a sore loser that he took happy's jacket after the miraculous shot and then and then he got beat up in the process so <laughs> i mean spoiler alert i actually had shooter mcgavin as my number one really I had him number one. I think this is, for me, the ultimate choke job in a sports movie. And the reason is, he cheated. He had his gooner, whoever it was, hit Happy Gilmore with a car in the first hole. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, he, he, got, the, he got the advantage in everything. Like, if you're going to cheat to win, at least win. And, I mean, the Monstars at least did that to some degree, too, because they were obviously trying to cheat. Definitely. But for him to have Happy Gilmore ran over, I mean, I don't know if they ended up proving that or how much that was looked into after the events of the movie took place, but he had Happy Gilmore ran over on the first hole. As you mentioned, he had that he had that four-stroke lead late in that round, and to Definitely. call that up was unbelievable, especially, and you mentioned it earlier, to a guy who just started playing golf that year oh I, I i had not thought i forgot to put that in yeah he lost to a guy who just literally picked up the sport like what six months ago exactly and i mean he did have some good moments like you mentioned that putt or he had a really good chip to even get back onto the green on 18 uh when he was uh, frankenstein's fat foot battle. <laughs> oh that i i agree like but he, he choked he choked uh, when it came too late 
he choked and like i said he is he is for me the ultimate movie choke job just because like you said four stroke lead last day of the tournament he's the experienced golfer he should be the one who's able to keep his emotions in check and like i said he cheated and it's like a couple of years ago when the broncos had josh mcdaniel as his head coach and they actually caught him spying on the 49ers practice for that game and he yeah. still lost the game I know that that's that's the worst. That's the worst when you cheated and then he and then he lose. And again, you know, he tried to take the jacket as well. Absolutely, and he's a sore loser for cheating and losing. Definitely. So obviously, I had number three as the Monstars for in Space Jam. Uh, what is your number three? My number three, and I mean, this is one. I mean, these top three you could have gone ranked them in any order, but. Right. I, I had this as my number two, and then I did some rewatching of both my number two and my number three yesterday, and I, I made some switches. But it's uh, Team Iceland from D2, Mighty Ducks 2. Ooh, oh, to, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spoil mine as well. That was my number one team. Right, absolutely. And, I mean, it's an easy place to make for them. I mean, it, any, they definitely belong in the top three. There's no debate about that. I mean, oh, definitely. Had, what was it? They had a 4-1 lead. They gave up th multiple three-goal leads in the third period. Right. I mean, that's just insane to think of. And they had dominated the Team USA beforehand in the before game 12-1. to It was insane. Like, they completely dominated that game. And, I mean, obviously, you're not going to expect to be able to do that again. I think the refereeing in that first game especially was awful. Oh, it was it was atrocious. It was up the Space Jam level. Like it was just Iceland could do anything. Right. The team USA could do anything. Absolutely. And then they delay eject Gaffney in game one for a little bit of a shove. Yeah. Apparently it was intent to injure though. <laughs> right. But there were countless but the hack on Adam Banks wasn't attempt to injure after he scores the one goal the Mighty Ducks get in that game. Yeah, I mean, he only got a two minute minor. It's like, oh, I mean, the officiating <laughs> in that game, they, they lost control of that game. But Iceland had a lot of power plays, especially in that second period, that they really weren't able to cash in on. Definitely. And I, 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 I didn't think about it. Like, I rewatched it, and it just – it's crazy. They only scored one goal in the final two periods. They only right. scored one goal. And they were, they were on the power play, like I said, for most of the second period because then you had the Bash brothers getting – yeah, yeah, Ken Wu. Kenny Wu. You had Robertson taking the penalty for roping there for two minutes. Oh, yeah. That is crazy. And especially that's that bunch of goal scoring. Those goal scoring machine. Yeah, how they how they weren't able to get a power play goal on Goldberg in that in that moment was just shocking to me. It was shocking. And also another shocking thing, you had the leading scorer in the tournament and Gunnar Stahl you know, taking the last shot for Team Iceland, and you're going up against a goalie who hadn't played a minute in the tournament. Like, I know Gaffney went in, but she didn't play at all in, the, in that first yeah. Iceland game. She, I don't think she had played at all in that tournament. And, and to give it – and to lose on that, I mean, that is an absolute choke job. Absolutely. I mean, they had so many opportunities. A goalie who had been pretty sound kind of falls apart there in the third period and into overtime. The thing that stopped this from being number one on my list was the final goal that they gave up before the end of regulation was a little bit, 
I don't know if you could call it cheating because Iceland was getting away with a ton of crap in that game too. But the fact that Bombay disguised one of his players as the goalie kind of threw off that defense a little bit. And I mean, it was a little bit of a cheap goal, but a goal that, I mean, they had been, they had had a really good game plan against Russ Tyler going into that third period. And it took, Bombay switching him and making him pretend he was the goalie for him to actually get a free shot. So exactly. Exactly. And what, what is the goalie doing? Like it's the knuckle puck. It's not like it's Fulton's shot, you know, where he can get, you know, pushed back or anything like that. It's the knuckle puck. Like literally just stand in front of it. He's standing like off to the side. here trying to make it a, a spectacular glove save with that goal. Like I'm just, I'm like, he's, he's shooting it from, He's shooting it from the center ice. Like it's not like it's not like he was right there at the point, you know, making a knuckle puck. No, it's at center ice, and he's trying to make a glove save. Just stand in front of it. Just be like, oh, oops, you lose. And one thing too, like, what is the defense doing while he's taking off the goalie gear to actually and swapping sticks with someone to actually get the shot off? I I, I don't know. Move then and didn't make a move. It was a defensive lapse. I'm not going to lie. It was a defensive lapse. But the cheapness of that goal by Bombay disguising Tyler as the goalie, it was kind of what made me – I mean, the defensive game plan was sound to shut down Tyler. But right. the fact that they didn't, like – the fact that they had to do resort to that kind of tactic to get him open was kind of what made the Iceland one a little bit more defensible, but they lost a lot. They blew a lot of opportunities, especially in that second period. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's really stuff that really gets glossed over when you really think about it. And, but this is why we're here and talking about it. This Absolutely. is, this is, this is the thing. This is why we're here to talk about it. And I mean, yeah, again, I think that these top three, and obviously I said your fourth one, which was shooter McGavin, which was my number right. one could easily have been any sort of or any sort of order. It was a very tough list to make when you got up to these top ones. Definitely. Uh, so what was your number two? Obviously the three is interchangeable. What was your number two? My number two, and I it took me watching this one yesterday on top of watching Mighty Ducks 2 for me to move it from three to two. And that is the choke job by the Globo Gym Purple Cobras in the film Dodgeball. <laughs> I mean, horrible choke job here. All right, all right, get, give it to me. What What are the facts? The facts. Show me. That, I mean, Globo Gym has the vastly superior roster. You have at least two or three guys on average Joes who don't really contribute much. Um, and if you look at the way the game is played, they get average Joe's two best players out in the opening seconds of this dodgeball contest and actually hold a 4-1 lead against one of average Joe's worst players. And they can't finish the kid off. That is true. Well, they were, they were, they were teasing him too. Like they were, you know, hitting the ball. Uh, they, they were just, they were just messing with him. Absolutely. And I mean, they had the opportunity really, like I said, to put this game away four on one. And then again, with the two on one later in the contest, when it's uh, Peter LaFleur against White Goodman and Michelle Jones. And again, you have a, you have a two on one there. And even when LaFleur gets out Jones, 
Goodman has a chance to end it, but gets a little too overzealous, steps across the line, and forces the uh, sudden death there at the end. And again, Goodman has the opportunity to end this thing in sudden death. And LaFleur blindfolds himself. And so at that point, you have a really good opportunity to try and end this thing. And I don't know about you, but, like, if something's coming towards my head, I may not see it, but I might feel it and be able to duck. I think Goodman makes a huge mistake here by going towards the head, whereas on a blindfolded man, if you'd have thrown it at his legs. Yeah, he wouldn't know. That, I, I agree. We'll move out of the way of that. Yeah, Goodman, I mean, that, that was Global Jim's fallout, just cockiness. It was just like, we can do anything we want, and they got cocky. I, I do agree, man. That definitely was a absolute choke, choke job. Well, and well, and to think about it too. I mean, if it, it was just like a few, you know, minutes, you know, they probably wouldn't even have the match as well. Because remember, Lafur comes in all heroic and all that, and they got and they got to have the they got to have the panel. Absolutely, and the fact that he tried to buy off Lafleur and get him out of the lineup the night before. I mean, again, it kind of goes back to why I had Shooter McGavin so high. It was that attempt to cheat and win. I mean, at the end of the game, they were playing a pretty honest dodgeball game. They did take that cheap shot at Cape Beach. But that was after she had already been eliminated. So it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, so to say. But, again, to not be able to finish off Justin Long's character, who I believe was also called Justin in the movie, when you had him four-on-one, if all four of you throw it at once and just coordinate it, Game over. Globo Jim wins the uh, Las Vegas Dodgeball Open and the $50,000. Yep, and, and they take over Average Joe's Gym. They take Absolutely. over. Absolutely. I mean, again, you have you have their best players out of that matchup in the opening seconds with uh, Peter LaFleur and Kate Beach going out, and you have them da- you have them right where you want them and can't finish them off. I mean, at least one of the – Blazer, laser, taser, whatever one it is, or blade, whichever one <laughs> or it Michelle. is, Michelle, any one of them could have thrown a, could have gotten him out, and they couldn't finish it off. Oh, um, you know what? You did some convincing with me as well. Like I really should have put Global Gym on the list. I'm totally, I totally forgot about dodgeball to be honest, and it's just like wow, like that really was a choke job. I totally forgot about dodgeball, and man, that Global Gym, they really were. If I had to do the list over again, I probably would put them on the list. Absolutely. You know, I think they're, you know, three or four. So it's an easy one to forget just because it's not a sport that you think about. Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely was a choke job. Do we put the Girl Scout teams on there? You know, because I'm, yeah, the Girl cool. Scout team did dominate, but obviously they had a player who took a bunch of <laughs> performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Two big choke jobs, actually, in that movie. The Girl Scout team with the huge choke job. I mean, the girl getting caught with the horse trank, the low-grade beaver tranquilizers. Oh, yes. And the steroids. I mean, again, that, that was a big oh, job, too, because they might have been able to get in that tournament and do some damage. There was also there was also a team in the semifinals. They had a, they had like a four a, a, either a four on one or a five on one, and they had the and they had the nerdy guy, uh, the Stephen Root yeah. character, and they lose to him as well because he got you know he got angry. It's That's crazy. I mean, God, I mean that 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 game was all choke jobs all the time. 
Yeah, that whole movie, really, because, I mean, even the German team probably had a chance to finish him off in, like, the first game of that tournament. And then on top of that, to allow Gordon, uh, the Stephen Root character, like you said, to be able to beat him. I think it might have been the team that was called Skills the Kills. I forget which one it was. That's I thought it was the – I thought it was, like – it was either, like, the college or the firefighter team. That was – I think that was one of the – yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? There were so many great teams in that one. But again, that movie was all choke job. So something from that movie has to be in the top five. Definitely. Uh, I, I think you put the right choice in Global Gym. They, they, it was the championship and not like the semifinals or like a play-in game with that. Right, absolutely. Got to look at the stakes. Definitely. What was your number two? My number two, kind of, kind of out there. I, I don't think a lot of people really know about this movie, but the Texas Colts in Necessary Roughness. In Necessary Roughness, and here's my. Uh, so they blew again, a big, big, big thing about my list. You know, blowing leads, and they blew a twenty-one nothing lead in the second half. I mean, they lost to basically a bunch of scrub players. They were. They were, you know, basically student from the student body and they basically, and they lost to a team that played Ironman football and they were the number one team in the nation. And they, they really dominated that game in the first half with, you know, flat top Myers, you know, basically destroying the Armadillo's offense. I mean, going back and watching it, I mean, he basically destroyed, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, the Scott Bakula character wore flat top Myers, like a cheap suit. I mean, he, he was all over him the first half, and then they couldn't get it done in the second half, and they lose. And they lose to a bunch of scrub players. It's, it was amazingly the choke job that happened. I haven't actually seen that movie, so I have to take your word on it. I did see it was like on TV the other night, and I didn't flip it on, but I probably should have because, from the sounds of it, it's an epic choke job. It is an epic choke job. Uh, it it is unbelievably one of my. Uh, obviously, uh, other than Iceland, this is an absolute choke job. I mean, you lo- you lose to a bunch of scrubs, and you're the number one team in the nation. You deserve to be no- uh, a-, a choke job on this list. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we're going off of, like, actual choke jobs, I mean, the one by Michigan against Appalachian State, which, I mean, Appalachian State at least sounds like they had a lot more football experience than the team you're describing. Yes. With necessary roughness. It was basically like the SMU team after the death penalty goes and beats the number one team in the nation. Goes and beats the number one team in the nation. Like really, that's that's all there is. And they lose to a quarterback who's I believe 37 years old and Scott Bakula. You know, the the their, their head coach had a uh, had like had to go to the hospital for heart problems. And you know they come you know they come back. I mean it was just all this craziness and they lose. They lose a 21 nothing lead. And the offense doesn't score at all in the second half. Like, what, what happened to the offense? Oh, that's awful, especially, like, when you give it up to a bunch of scrubs, which, I mean, we talked about it even with the honorable mention team on the list, like the Cowboys from Little Giants. When you lose to a team that just doesn't have the skill that you do, it's, it's a rough one, and that's a huge joke. Definitely. And, yeah, so definitely choke jobs, and I – I love them. And just keep on with the choke jobs and fictional sport films. (laughs) Absolutely. We might have to do a part two of this list if more great sport movies keep coming out. But in the meantime, if you watch this video, be sure to write in the comments. We will also be putting it on Twitter and Facebook. So be sure to vote or give us suggestions as far as some of your favorite movie choke jobs. Is it the Iceland team from uh, 
Mighty Ducks 2? Is it Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore? Is it one of the other options we've made on the list? Or can you make the case for something else that's not on the list? Way in. Definitely, and we would love to hear from you. We Hopefully, we'll, we'll get back to you if you want as soon as possible. And just, just thank you again. I mean, th this has been great. I've enjoyed it. I did not think we would be doing this. I didn't either. And then, like I said, when you suggested that topic of the top 10 sports movie collapses, that's when I went from, like, super excited to gung-ho. I couldn't wait to do this. I couldn't wait to have the conversation. And, I mean, I think we both agree. Like, I think if we're combining the rankings, then the Mighty Ducks 2-1 has to be the highest ranked collapse on this. Yes, list. yes. Uh, so you want to go over, uh, over our list again? For... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so for my list, I had number 10, I had the Pittsburgh Pirates in the natural. Uh, number nine, I had the Eden Hall varsity hockey team in D3, the Mighty Ducks. And number, uh, for number eight, I had Shoot uh, for, in Vision Quest. Uh, and for number seven, I had the Chicago team in the replacements. And number six, I had the Dallas Felons in basketball. Uh, number five, I had the University of Louisiana in the Waterboy. Number four, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Number three, the Monstars from Space Jam. Number two, the Texas Colts from Necessary Roughness. And number one is the Iceland hockey team at D2, the Mighty Ducks. And then for me, uh, my list, once again, number 10, the New York Mets from Rookie of the Year. Um, once again, huge choke job there. I had number nine, the Rockford Peaches, but again, I think you've swayed me there. And I actually do have the Eden Hall. You swayed me enough to convince me that the Eden Hall hockey team deserves that spot. Uh, I had number eight, the University of Louisiana, again, from the Waterboy. Number seven, Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. Uh, number six, like you, I had the Dallas Felons from Basketball, uh, allowing the Milwaukee Beers to come back and take that game. Uh, number, five, number five, the Monstars in Space Jam. Uh, number four, Apollo Creed uh, for Rocky Two. Uh, number three, I had Team Iceland from D2, the Mighty Ducks. And I thought of another reason, actually, to have them at number three. They were facing a very hostile crowd, too, coming over here and playing in the U.S. in the Goodwill games that year, which oh. makes their choke job maybe a hair forgivable. But, again, top three, no yeah. debate. It's definitely a hostile crowd, yeah, because they did not like Iceland. And there really was no Iceland supporters at all. Absolutely. Number two, I had once again the Globo Gym Purple Cobras from the movie Dodgeball. And then number one, of course, was Shooter McGavin from the film Happy Gilmore. Once again, we hope you'll weigh in. We hope you watch this video. We hope you'll watch more videos to come. And uh, Bushy, any last words on this, this episode? I, that was fun. Uh, again, that was fun. I enjoyed doing it. Man, it felt good. And wow, it, it's just amazing how, how much time has passed by. Absolutely. Time flew as we were doing this, so we're going to keep on doing this. If nothing else, for our own enjoyment, but we hope you'll join us again next week uh, when we have another great conversation here on the SP and Bushy Show. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to the SP and Bushy Show. This podcast was created by Sean Pooley and Stephen Bush. Intro was created by Zach DeMose. 
For more content, please visit our Twitter at SPBushy and our YouTube page at Sean Cooley. We thank you again for listening. Thank you.